Hello, welcome back, everybody. This is Scott. I'm your host with the Go Boldly podcast. I'm truly excited today to to bring a a new friend and a new a new brother that I have just recently met. And so, um, Dr. Oliver Reed, I am I am truly excited to have you on the show today, and I'm just looking forward to to what you got to share. And of course, there's a big big surprise at the end. We're gonna we're gonna share with everybody what you've got cooking in the books for almost a lesson too much from now. And uh, yeah, and so uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, brother Scott. Listen, I'm excited to be on and um, hang around greatness. I'm, I'm getting used to being around all this greatness. Uh, and I appreciate what you do. Feel the other way around, brother. Feel the other way around. <laughs> and I, I understand that you've got just an amazing journey, an amazing story about just where you came from to how you got to where you are today and, and what God's done in your life. And I would, I would, Let's just start there. Where, where, you know, where did it all start? Where did, where did Oliver T. Reed start his journey? Wow. You know, it, it really went back to my childhood from a standpoint of uh, growing up as, in an inner city project um, hmm. raised by my mom uh, back up before that, rejected by my father, my biological father. Um, his first words to me was, this is not my son. And as I was a kid. Uh, and, um, you know, so one of the biggest things that I had to wrestle with was a lot of that abandonment, you know, abandonment issues, then passed on to a stepfather who turned out to be an abuser. Mm. So, you know, dealing with that as a young age in the inner city project from Charlotte, North Carolina, and not understanding, grew up angry, like, why me? Like, why, why everybody else could be with their dad? I couldn't be with my dad. I'm at the basketball yeah. games you know, riding home with other people's parents. And I'm like the third wheel, you know. And they would try to encourage me, but I was just, something was missing. And so I grew up very, very angry. But what was powerful is that my mother was deeply rooted in church and the things of God. So she kept me grounded in those things. It's, it's amazing how God just keeps you grounded in the midst of the storm. And sometimes the storm don't stop or doesn't stop or, or halt, but it'll make it storm proof. So I, I was going through some different things. Long story short, uh, that was my beginning. So my beginning was really from a standpoint of searching for identity, searching for who I wanted to be in life, being abused on a daily basis, physically, verbally, you name it. Uh, and so from that standpoint, um, always aspired to, to find peace. You know, like somebody watching this right now who just searching for peace. Like I need, I need the end of this. Like what's, what's the end result of all of this? Yeah. So that's that that's basically how my life started. Um, but, you know, from that standpoint, we can go really, really deep in that. But I grew up very, very angry and for years held it inside, not having an outlet to express it. I didn't know anything about depression. Depression wasn't a hot button topic in my neighborhood where I come from. Um, so it was almost you hold everything inside. So I was imploding for all the way up to about 18. Now it gets thick right there at 18. I was, you know, or 19, I was a freshman in college and didn't know I was wrestling with depression, Scott. I was basically, I think I missed 40 days out of that semester. Um, wow. Didn't want to get out of bed. I'm, I'm crying. I'm, I'm, I'm not wanting to do anything. Didn't know I was dealing with depression. Fast forward Christmas Day, um, in that Christmas Day, 1995, I'll never forget it. I'm sitting on the edge of my bed and I'm saying, hey, you know, what's the use of even living? It's easier for me to just, you know, take my life. Um, 
uh, I didn't want any pain. So I was like, you know what? I, I'm not going to do anything that's going to hurt myself physically. But what I will do is I'll go into the, my mom's pill drawer and I'll begin to take about seven to nine, I can't remember, pills, uh, blood sugar pills. They were diabetic pills. Um, I was not a diabetic. So I took those pills at one time, which lowered my blood sugar, which took me to, to almost being at a place where I began to hyperventilate and pass out. Long story short, God spared me. Um, he spared me. Uh, I remember on Christmas Day, my mother was, like I said, a pastor at the time. And I remember the waiting room being full of people that were praying in the waiting room because I thought I was going to go home. You know, I thought I was like, hey, I, okay, I'm, I'm a little bit better. I just false alarm. I'm going to go home. And then when the doctor walked in um, and the, he said, hey, you're now a ward of the state of North Carolina. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, what do you mean with ward? I'm, I'm 19. What do you mean? He's like, oh, you're not going to be able to go home. You can go willingly or he pointed and there was two orderlies there <laughs> with straight jackets or you could actually go unwillingly, your choice. And I said, <laughs> willingly, you know, I'll go willingly. I jumped in the back of the car. I go over there. But Christmas Day, these families had left their home. And what was so powerful about it, Scott, they began to pray for me and intercede right in an adjacent room. Um, and I remember the, the psychologist, the psychiatrist saying to me, doing the evaluation. Now, I was weighing in the balance. You know, people see the accolades. They see the things that I do now. But I was weighing in the balance as a 19-year-old angry kid, broken broken and I was sitting there and he asked me some questions he began to ask me some questions he said do you hear voices and it was like this energy inside of me this force inside of me opened my mouth and I said yes I hear voices and he began to write down uh, not the correct <laughs> thing you want to say <laughs> right not the thing you want to say he said what did they tell you I say said to him I said the voice that tells me is, is that of, of the Holy Spirit inside of me. And he's saying that I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be all right. And he tells me that there's a purpose for my life. Yeah. And by that time, he leans back, he crosses his legs and he looks and he writes down. But the powerful part before I go too far was that I was able to walk out of that particular uh, room that day, not being medicated, but sedated, because that was going to be the next step. They were going to either keep me or let me go. But if I would have stayed, they would have sedated me and did all these psychological evaluations. But they ended up letting me go that day, and I've never looked back since. And now I work with people who are uh, emotionally disturbed. I went on and got several degrees after that. I went on to reconcile with my father after that. Um, and it, it's amazing. Uh, I'll go a little bit more on that. But God has done some, some crazy things. And I always say to people that pain doesn't owe you a pity party. Pain, you have to Man. replace it with something else. Man. Say that again. That, wow. Pain doesn't owe you a pity party. A lot of times we want to say, hey, uh, uh, all this pain. And I was, I was doing that for 19 years. I was just wallowing in my pain. But I didn't understand that when there's a bad seed or there's something that happens to you that you can't control, you now have to plant a good seed in this place. So pain yeah. does owe you something. It didn't owe you a pity party. So what I did is I took that pain and I harnessed it and started to write books and started to encourage people and started to speak and help those people who are going through the same thing that I've been through. Wow. Boom. That, 
that was the price of the ticket right there. That was the price of admission right there. That, yes. Yeah. You know, so many, so many people today are fighting those same battles that you fought back then, and 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 they know what it is, and and mm-hmm. they continue. It, at some point, it becomes their identity, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we live in a society now where being diagnosed with something is 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 cool, and it's your it becomes your identity, mm-hmm. and. You know, as a counselor, I'm I'm slow to di- give a diagnosis. You know, people are, I'm depressed. And I, you know, I'm like, did yeah. are you really depressed, or are things just not going the way you feel like they should go? And so we need to do figure out what what that path is. I mean, it's you know, and it's it, it's a shame, but your story. I mean, you know, to to sit there and be told that you're a ward of the state, I mean, you're not going mm-hmm. in Florida. We call that Baker's Act. They yeah. they basically take you to the to the psych unit for for seventy two hours and and uh, and put a hold on you just to and it's you know it's for for your safety but mm-hmm. um, but to know that there were those you know those people in that in that room praying over you and just and, yeah. and for you to recognize was that was that the first time that you you felt like you heard the Holy Spirit speak. It was, it was not the first time. It, it, what, what was powerful for me is I met, I'll go back, I met the enemy before I met um, the Holy Spirit. Like I met, wow. you know, I used to be tormented. I used to, to have bad dreams and, and just see things. Um, and before I could even read the Bible, uh, to be honest with you, Scott, God called me like Samuel. And everybody that is not familiar, Samuel was this prophet that um, came to his mentor at the time because he felt like the mentor was calling him, but God was calling him. I, before I could read, I was four or five years old and I came to my mother three times. She was a new Christian and she had recently read that story. And at the third time she came to me and she said, hey, my middle name is Tyrone. She said, hey, I didn't call you the next time you hear that voice because I heard an auditory voice. Um, when I was talking to the psychologist, the psychiatrist, I heard a inward voice. Wow. But when I was called at a young age, I heard uh, somebody called me just like I would say Scott, right? Somebody called me just like that, and I got up out of my sleep. And what I want to tell somebody watching that God will always put a call on you before the enemy tries to mess up your life, right? There's all He always fixed the deck, right? He fixes the deck, and I was sharing with somebody the other day about this. Um, and what I love about him is that before we 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 fall into a family or we we don't choose our family we don't choose our situation he put something yeah. a call a, a a buffer in our life and so i had a call that i didn't even know about um that yeah. god was working through a process for me from that kid that was sustained me at 19. now i'll go back to that i you know in the in the counseling world because i'm in that counseling space mental health background we call that delusion or we hear voices or you know it could be yeah. schizophrenia or whatever we can hear but I remember that day when I was 19, sitting on the edge of the bed, I heard another voice that wasn't God's voice. Some of you may be hearing voices, and that voice told me to end my life. And I wrote a book about it, and I talk about this part that I want to share here, Scott, is that the enemy tries to influence our inner me. Yeah, We have an adversary out there, but how does he do it? He can't destroy us. He can't do anything. What he does is try to get us to self-terminate. It gets us to try to deal with our emotions in our heart yes. and our disappointment. And he started to operate in those things. And I remember him telling me through what I was feeling emotionally, 
go ahead and end it all. And that's what I felt. I felt hopeless, but I could not, look at this, I could not go through with it because God had already called me. Somebody watching this, you cannot self-destruct because God has put something, a purpose, and a tenacity inside of you. He is, he is, he, you know, it's a, it's a battle. It's a spiritual battle. And, and God is, um, he's, he's going to win. And, yes. um, you know, it's, your story just, it, it, it absolutely blows me away. And just to, um, honestly, just to think about, you, you know, there's a possibility that you couldn't be here today. Yeah. I'm that, not supposed to be here. You know, and the, God just literally saved your life on that on that day, and 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 turned uh, turned you around. And that's you know that's really what what Go Bowley is all about. And you know, you and I talked the other day, and yeah. this idea of being willing to be bold, step out. And and I think I share with you that you know it's based on Genesis twelve one, where God told Abram to go to the land that He would show him. And I see that in your own story as well, that yeah. that day you, mm-hmm. you looked at the doctor and he's like, it's the Holy Spirit. And and I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going. I've been called to go. Yes. And and you you stepped out and, um, man, wow, I'm blown away yeah. by that. So what's the title yeah. of that book? The title of that book is called Words from the Low Place, Your Lowest Ooh. for God's Highest. It's Words from the Low Place, Your Lowest for God's Highest. And that, I did that book about, I think it was in 2011. Or so, wow. and it's, a, it's an anthology. So it's it's nine other people, I believe, or ten other people who share their story. They didn't know each other, and we it was my story, and I interwove that with their story. So it's a success of when you're at your lowest place. I always say it's your highest place, or highest places are low places inverted. Say that again. Yeah. Your highest places are low places inverted, and when you're at your lowest place, God speaks to you. But when you're at your highest place, he's now speaking through you. So now he's able to speak through me because I've, I've kind of been at that low places and had those low places throughout life at one point or another. I just, I, I needed to hear that today because that's that's where I, you know, um, kind of been a busy couple of days for me with some traveling. Um, and, you know, it's it's funny. I hear people say all the time, everybody's relationship with God is different. And I hear people talk about, you know, how God speaks to them. And, um, and it, he, I think he speaks to everybody in a different way, in a unique way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we have to remember that. And yes. I love that, that um, you know, God speaks us, to us when we're, when we're low and then speaks through us when we're, when we're not on that high point. And I just, um, mm-hmm. man, that's, that's, that's powerful right there. That, that, yes. that ought to give somebody some hope to not today that, um, yes. You know, God is is still moving. God's gonna gonna do something great. And uh, you've got you've got a lot of things that you're working on right now. You're a writing coach. Yes. What else? Are you, what, tell tell us a little bit about that. What 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 does that look like? It, it is it is basically uh, what we're doing here: storytelling. Uh, I I have a story that never gets old, um, and so many people have a story. And what I usually help people do is put that story inside of a book. I'm always say, and I function on the thought of what God gave me, he gave me uh, something called a uh, key theory. And the key theory is that, and it reminded me when I was young as a kid, I uh, had a summer job 
right? And uh, I worked with some custodians at a school. And oh, they were like yeah. kind of, you know, uh, older guys, you know, who were showing me the ropes. And I would just be fascinated with the keys that they had, right? <laughs> and uh, I remember that. Hanging on their belt. This, this hanging on their belt, and then he had some yeah. kind of device where he could stretch one key, and the key would just come out of rope, and he would just open the door, and he kind of walked with the little lamp. And I used to yeah. laugh at him, and uh, you know, and but I got a, a, a powerful message. You know, you can be the principal or the CEO of a company, but the most powerful job in any agency is those that have the keys, because if you can't open the door, you can't have the meat. The bathroom's not clean. Clean. It could be a deal breaker. And so what I learned about being a writing coach is I, when, when I went through what I went through and I even have, you know, so many stories to tell um, about even the reconciliation of my dad, the process about that and, he, and when he was murdered. But what I want to focus on tonight with what I help people do is help them unlock their story because I've been through it. I can go to and tell somebody how to take those stories and put it on the pages. And I call it milk in the crisis. So what I do is really tell people, hey, listen, what's the crisis in your life? Everybody's crisis doesn't look the same. Some yeah. people might think, well, I never went through what you went through. I don't have a story. But I always tell them, no, you have a story. Um, and it needs to be out. So taking them through that process, helping entrepreneurs, speakers, and coaches write their book about what they already do, some of the pain points. So I work with a lot of entrepreneurs who are um, who they have the money, um, yeah. but they don't have the peace or they didn't have the peace at the time or they birthed their business out of trauma. You know, I believe it's a good uh, 45% of entrepreneurs wrestle with mental health issues. They they deal with trauma. They deal with abandonment. Um, sometimes they're so successful that nobody wants to be around. You know, they, it's a lonely road. So writing a book about their secret sauce, and I love it. Um, I always tell people that I would rather write my story while I'm alive than people skim over the highlights when I'm dead. So I encourage every oh. entrepreneur, speaker, coach, Put it in the book. Yeah. I heard some, I was on a podcast or I was listening to a podcast the other day and they said, they said something that, you know, you will be remembered maybe by your grandchildren, but that's about the extent of it. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and even they won't know your full story because of just, you know, logistics and things like that. And so we've got, we've got this one chance to make a difference in, in so many people's lives. And, and, you know, something you said, really um, resonated with me in that <clears throat> so many entrepreneurs struggling with, with health issues and trauma in their life. And, and that's really what I love to focus on is, is I always feel like God gave me a gift to, to pull that trauma out, to figure out what that trauma is, go back and dig and, and process that trauma and then help them to, to, you know, rewrite that story so that mm -hmm. moving forward, it looks, it looks different and they're able to push push through and, and define their true potential. But here's the, here's the thing. Writing that story can be difficult because you're reliving some of that trauma. Yeah. And, and the yeah. fact that you have lived through that, the trauma yourself, you've got that gift as well to go, look, the more you process it, the more you understand it, the more you understand how it's affecting you. And when you, when you, Sometimes when we recognize that we're helping somebody else with our story, it makes it a little mm -hmm. bit easier. Yes. Yes. It, makes it, it, it does. And you, I mean, that's a, you, God has really given you a, a phenomenal ministry to, to help people just to share their, because most people, 
you know, I've heard it's, I've heard must, I don't have a story and you, you, you hear yep. it and you're like, how are you walking? How are you still here? How are you, you know, what was, what was your, your strength? And um, so you've, you've got, you've got something pretty powerful getting ready to come up and, and I'm, I'm really excited about you sharing this because I just think that, um, you know, back in the day we had uh, peacekeepers. Um, yeah. Promise keepers. Promise, promise keepers. keepers. Mm-hmm. I think that was such a powerful thing for men, but um, it has since kind of gone by the wayside. And I think there's still a few events maybe that take place, but, um, but, you know, God is calling men to step up and be men. And I truly believe that, we live in a time where we need more men to step up and be bold. We need more men to step up and be, be, I'll go ahead and say he-man. Yes. He-man. And, yes. and, and so tell, man, I'm, I'm ready. Bring it on. Tell me, tell me what you've got coming up, brother. Cause you're, yeah, I, I yeah. see you lighting up as we. Oh man. <laughs> I, I, I'm like a kid at the candy store right now. I'm like, let's <laughs> go. Um, I want to just segue into this before I say this. I told you guys about, um, when I, you know, try to commit suicide and after that. So one of the things that happened to me is right after that, I said yes to my call. I started, wow. I, I spoke for the first time at 14, but I embraced my ministry, the trueness of my ministry after that suicide attempt. And one of the ways that it helped me, I was in Greensboro, North Carolina, and Bishop T.D. Jakes, he was doing manpower. Around the same time, Promise Keepers, all this stuff was going on as well. And I rededicated my life on that cement floor in that Coliseum. It was my first time. I was in church all my life. Coming to an auditorium or an arena where there was 20,000 men of all cultures, races, creeds. And they were singing on the outside like a roar before we can go into that facility singing, we bring the sacrifice of praise. And it was like without music, without keyboard, without instrument. Men were not at a football game, not at a boxing match, not at a soccer stadium. They were singing. And I was like, oh, and the power of God in that meeting was so strong. And I remember, Scott, being on the cement floor. And I remember it so so well because there was some gum that somebody had dropped, you know, uh, <laughs> and it was stuck to my sleeve. But I didn't care. I was 19, just recently overcoming suicide, just totally radical for God. And I said, hey, I am going to dedicate my life to that men's conference. What I didn't know is later on in 2013, I found the He Men's Conference. And the very thing that I went through, and I want to encourage somebody, the very scars you have went through, the very Mm. decisions that you have had in your life, don't try to cover them up because they become roadmaps to lead other people into Mm. deliverance. Sometimes we want to cover our scars. We're yeah. going to cover our bruises, right? But that incision, now I want to even get deeper. One of the things that God showed me in his word, and you can go read it in the Synoptic Gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is that even Jesus, even Christ, still has scars. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And when, absolutely. when that thing hit me, and I said, hey, I want to go back, just like that key theory to unlock somebody else. I want to go back and help. So 2013, we started our first men's conference called He Men's Conference. We did it in Charlotte, North Carolina. I went back to the place of pain, uh, had moved from that area, but went back to the place of pain, had that conference, place where I was abused, place where I was locked up, place where I was molested, place where my dad rejected me. I went there and we poured into men. And it was phenomenal, so phenomenal that we went to 
uh, shortly after went back to the D.C., Virginia area, did the conference within that same year because it was so impactful. But for wow. 10 years, I've Scott, I've been wanting to get back there, but life was lifing. Like I was trying to get back there, got busy, you know, life, family, children, you know, marriage, just didn't get back to where I needed to be. God told me this year, he said, put it out there. So by faith, we put the conference again to Atlanta, Georgia. So that's what I'm telling you. We're doing a He-Man again after 10 years. We're wow. now bringing it again to Atlanta. And I'm telling you, it's going to be amazing. It's called MUD, Men Under the Divine Dominion. It's an acronym. So not just MUD, M-U-D, but M-U-D-D, Men Under Divine Dominion. God gave me that three years ago. And wow. he says, go get the men that have been in muddy waters. Go get the men that have been hanging out in the mundane. Go get the men that got the seven figures, but they're disfigured. Go get the yeah. men who are successful in business, because we always think that success defines our masculinity. Go get those who are not as successful as others, but that are screaming with their mouth closed. Go get my men and tell them that there's no excuse. Even though they've been in this mud, I am the potter and I started with mud. So the whole thing that we're doing, I get chills as I talk about it, is going to be behind closed doors, two power pack days of just pouring into brothers, pouring into, uh, this is a men only event. And it's gonna be really where we can shut the door, get back to the basics, get back to our foundation and really deal with nine areas that I think all men um, struggle with. And if we can master these nine areas, uh, we can be effective. So I'm excited. They'll be praising worship. They'll be business leaders. Uh, we got people coming from Canada, people coming from Bahamas, people coming from different states. Uh, worship and prayer and uh, some therapists will be there and some entrepreneurs will be there. Just men of all races, perfectly blended. If you see the flyer, perfectly blended, strategic on purpose. We'll have NFL people who played in the NFL being, you know, will be speakers. We have people who are wrestling with MS. We have actors wow. that will be there. So it, it is a phenomenal uh, group of people. And we're calling 300, like Gideon, 300, like the movie Spartacus. We call them 300. Um, and so I'm excited. Uh, it's something that you don't want to miss. It's something that, you know, like I said, I don't have any dangling shiny carrots. I was saying, hey, you're going to be a multimillionaire <laughs> when you leave here. But I will tell you, you will never be the same. You know, it's as as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, so many people think that things and money and relationships are the answer. And they're still struggling with that inner peace, that 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 same struggle that you struggled with at 18, you know, 14, 18, 16, 17, 18, 19 years old. And and there's 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 truly only one way to satisfy that, that piece. And, and, and just to think, I, I got this vision in my mind of, of 300 men getting vulnerable. Yes. And, and, and saying, I've struggled with X, I've struggled with mm -hmm. Y, I've struggled mm -hmm. with Z, and, mm -hmm. and, and, and I'm here to break that. And there's, and there's not a single person in that room that's going to say, well, look at you, you know, that's why you, you don't have, mm -hmm. you know, no, it's, it's about saying, Hey, so have I, mm -hmm. instead of saying, look at you, it's, it's saying, so have I. Yes. And let's move arms and let's, let's move forward. And, and here's the, here's really 
here's the most impactful thing of that. I'm not even sure if you if you thought about it, but it's not necessarily just the 300 men that are in that room. It's the mm. 300 people that have access to these 300 men and the 300 people that have access to them and the 300 people that have access to them. Generations to come will be impacted and affected because of this one weekend. Yes. Generations to come. We have no idea. You know, what, you know, was it Kevin Bacon says you, you there's some degrees of, of, you know, separation from us. Yes. But I think it's even, it's even more than that. And we don't realize how many people we impact, whether it be Facebook, LinkedIn. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was in Birmingham last night. I had to drive up to, uh, to spend the night up and I'm, and, and I'm walking in the hotel. It's dark downtown Birmingham. And, and this, this guy kind of walked past me, big guy. Mm-hmm. And, and I just said, man, it's hot. And suddenly we struck up a conversation and, and he, mm-hmm. he lives in Memphis. He's got a, he's got, a, I'm going to give a shout out to Jordan auto auto sales there in, in Memphis. But, um, but he, I, I just felt that something yeah. And, and he got yeah. a business card yeah. when I got his, his website and I'm like, I'm going to connect with this guy because I, there's something that something that's missing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just it just hit me like like a ton of bricks. And I'm like, I don't know why, but I just connected with this guy. I mean, he, he could have he could have hurt me. I mean, he, he was a big mm-hmm. boy. And yeah. And, and I just something there connected. But it's. It's those kind of connections and those relationships that are going to be established on that weekend that are yeah. going to be generations to come, generations to come. Man. And, and, uh, and here's the cool part. Here's the cool part. You said yes. Yeah. You said yes. You were obedient. You were obedient. I I am excited about about that. How can how can people find out more information about it? Where where can guys go to to to, to sign up? And um, I know you've got the venue and you've got some hotels blocked off and, and things like that. So where can where can they find that at? Yeah, certainly you can go to www.hemensconference.com. We'll probably put that link in there. Um, yep. but basically, it's www.hemensconference.com. Right now, we're running a special. So basically. You pay one ticket price, you get the, the 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 next brother, friend, uncle, cousin, son gets to go with you. Everything is right wow. there. The hotels are, are blocked off to September first, and um, we're believing this thing is going to really, really empower. We know it, um, and what's powerful, I never looked at it like that. Totally, Scott. So I thank you for that revelation from the standpoint of just saying, hey, you know, it's for the people not in that. You know, it's it's yeah. anybody that touches. Um, we are also, if you're watching this and you want to be there and you can't financially be there, we have people who have stepped up and say, hey, I'm going to sponsor you. Um, so we, we we have, and the women are stepping up in a big way. Women are sending their sons. Women are saying, you know, they are ready. And so from there, uh, we, we do have limited seating. Uh, we're believing to get these 300 in there. Uh, and so it's right there by the airport. It's going to be at the legendary Ford Hall, all that information is inside of the website. Love it. Love it. Love it. So who before we before we go, who was your ideal client working with on the writing the as the writing coach? Who who do you just absolutely love to work with and um who who might you know you connect with as far as that? Yeah, it is that entrepreneur. It is that speaker and coach. 
who realized it and have said to themselves, I don't have time. I have the story, but it doesn't matter. I have the story, but I'll get to it later. I have the story that sounds like somebody else. That is my ideal uh -huh. client. Um, so people who are really ready to put their secret sauce out to the world, uh, I'm your guy to help you do that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, brother, I have absolutely enjoyed hearing your story and, and just to know where you came from to where you are today, that in and, in and of itself should be inspiration to somebody that's struggling today that to know that, um, you know, it, it, you can overcome it and, and you can't do it alone. It, it takes yes. a, it's a village. It takes, it takes an army. It takes, it takes a, a brotherhood. It takes God. And so, um, you know, you, you certainly wouldn't be where you are today if it hadn't been for a few people or a lot of people. And uh, the same for me. Um, yes. So thank you, man, so much for coming on. And, and I look forward to seeing what we can do together in the future. Definitely, Scott. I appreciate you and excited to be uh, in partnership and in prayer with you. Thank you for your show and all the great things you're doing. Absolutely, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you.